1: Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. Before we get started, I do want to let you know today's program is brought to you by the financial support of our listeners. Thank you so much for your support. And I especially want to thank Denise and James. We'll send access to the premium site, as we do with all donations of $7 or more. And you too can support the show at support.greatdetectives.net. Also, uh, I do haven't mentioned this in a while, but I do want to encourage listeners, fill out our listener survey, survey survey.greatdetectives.net. We continue to look for uh, sponsors, and uh, having uh, listener surveys completed uh, makes that a bit easier. So I encourage you to fill that out, survey.greatdetectives.net. Well, today we've got a bit of an oddball show here. We have one episode left of Manhunt. And we're throwing in one episode of Police Headquarters, so we fill about half an hour of time. Today's episode of Manhunt, we don't know when it originally aired. Uh, the only guide we have is the Digital Deli FTP's log. Unfortunately, just no information on this particular time period. So here is Manhunt and the Clue of the Widowed Bride.
2: Manhunt, the Clue of the Widowed Bride that led to manhunt. No crime has been committed yet. No murder has been done yet. No manhunt has begun
1: yet.
3: There she is in the doorway. Doesn't she look beautiful? All brides look beautiful, don't you know that? Getting a wonderful man. The way she looks now, she deserves me. Chances are sometimes the silver. In a couple of minutes, Peggy Norton will be Mrs. Douglas Gordon. What a break for... The ceremony.
4: Friends, we are gathered here today...
3: What a switch this is. We came to a wedding and we wind up at a funeral.
2: Man hunt and the clue of the widowed bride.
4: all right. Get their names and addresses and let them all go. Can't hold 150 people all night for nothing. Call me back. Hi, Bill. Hi, Bill, he says. What are you so happy about, Drew? No reason. What are you so glum about, Bill? I got a reason. Uh, you want me for anything or you're just wasting time in my office?
3: I just want to know whether you had anything on a Douglas Gordon murder that I could check in my laboratory.
4: When I get something, I'll bring it in. Guy was shot at his own wedding. 150 people in the hall, but nobody saw the murderer. And there isn't a gun in the whole place. My men searched everybody. Practically tore the place down looking for it. And we looked outside, too. So don't give me any of your smart suggestions. Okay, Bill, I won't. But I'll tell you one thing. Yeah? There's no
3: gun. Nobody saw the shot fired. Then the murderer stood way in the back and got out of the hall as soon as he killed Gordon.
4: It could have happened that way. Place wasn't filled. Somebody could have been in the last row and shot Gordon from there. there yeah. Well, I've solved half of your case. You take the other half. I told you how it was done. You find out who did it. Simple. I'm the one that's simple listening to you. And now remember, Drew, you stay in your laboratory where you belong. And don't mix in this case. You give me trouble on this and I'll get your suspension. Just as sure as my name is Bill Morton. Okay, Bill. I'll be leaving now. Seeing you. Okay, okay. Get going.
3: I'm going to find the murderer of Douglas Port.
4: All right, all right, beat it. Hey, what did you say?
3: I beg your pardon. Yes? Can you tell me where I'll find the society editor on Drew Stevens, police? Right in that office across the floor, Mr. Stevens. His name is Reginald Gordon. Gordon, eh? Any relation to Douglas Gordon? Yes, yes, his brother. He's all broken up, Mr. Stevens. He idolized his kid, brother.
5: That was Douglas.
3: Thank you very much. I won't keep him too long. Come in. Mr. Gordon, I'm Drew Stevens, police. Could I talk to you a minute, please? Yes, I suppose so. Thank you. Sit down, Mr. Stevens. Thanks. I hate to bother you at this time. First of all, when I came here, I wasn't aware that you were Douglas Gordon's brother. Oh? No? Then what did you want? Some information. Apparently, somebody in the social set to which your brother and his bride-to-be belonged didn't want their marriage to take place. Nobody wanted it to take place, except Doug and Peggy. Oh, mm-hmm. well, Mr. Gordon, if your brother weren't around, whom would Peggy Norton have married? Some other unfortunate, probably George Jeffers or Walter Nicholson. They were both in love with her. Were they at the wedding, do you know? I don't know. Personally, I couldn't stand to see my brother throw himself away on that girl, and I wasn't there either. The Norton girl must be pretty terrible in your book, Mr. Gordon. I'd rather not talk about it. Now, if you'll excuse me. Oh, certainly. Thank you for your time and for the information. I'm going to see Miss Norton. Where does she live, Mr. Gordon? The Allenby Towers. Incidentally, if you're going up there, you'll probably find George Jeffers and Walter Nicholson there, too. Yes. How do you do? Is Miss Peggy Norton in? My name's Drew Stevens. Police. Well, she's busy right now, Mr. Stevens, but uh, come in. Thanks. I'm George Jeffers. Peggy's being questioned now by Sergeant Morton of the Homicide Department. Oh, Bill's here. Well, Mr. Jeffers, would you give Sergeant Morton a note for me, please? I don't want to interrupt him myself. Why, certainly, Mr. Stevens. Okay, I'll just write it out in this notebook. Bill, Commissioner must see you once in his office. Don't telephone, but get there immediately. He knows who killed Gordon. Signed, through. There are. Huh? Please see that Sergeant Morton gets this. So the police commissioner knows who killed Gordon, huh? Well, uh, are you going to wait to see Miss Norton, uh, Mr. Stevens? No, no, I'm going now. Very well. I'll uh, take the note right in. Thank you. I can't talk to that Norton gal while Bill's here. He'd see to that. Wait till he finds that note's a fake. Wow. Better
4: hide behind these drapes till he leaves. Nobody leave here. Remember, till I come back or I phone. You get that? We'll be
3: here, Sergeant Morton.
4: Okay, goodbye.
3: George, do you think he suspects anything? Not a thing. He doesn't know a thing, Peg. Please excuse my thing. What? what? I thought you'd left, Stevens. I changed your mind. Miss Norton, I'm Drew Stevens. He's a detective, Peggy. Not exactly, Miss Norton. Could I talk to you two for a minute, please? I want to know several things. For instance, why were you going to marry Douglas Gordon, Miss Norton? Why, because I loved him, of course. And why are you here now, Jeffers? Because I love Peggy. George, don't. Why not? There were three of us in love with Miss Norton, Stevens. Gordon, Walter Nicholson, myself. See? She picked Gordon, but that doesn't mean that we stopped loving her. We didn't mind too much losing out to Douglas Gordon was as fine a man as you'll ever find. And yet he was murdered. Someone had killed me, Mr. Stevens. That would be easy to understand. I'm not very well liked, except by the men you know about. Yes, I gathered that. Were you at the wedding, Jeffers? No. Neither Walter nor I could take that. The nearest we got to the wedding was reading about it in this newspaper here. May I see that paper, please? Certainly. You won't. Thank you. Mm, By Reginald Gordon. Been pretty tough on poor Gordon to write the story of his brother's murder. Let's see, it says death was the best man today at what was to be the wedding of Peggy Norton and Douglas Gordon. Before the ceremony could begin, and as Pastor Robert Thackeray said, "Friends, we are gathered here today." A murderous bullet thundered through the hall. Please, must I be reminded of those words? Must you read that now? No. But I just thought of something. May I use your telephone? Certainly. Right there. Thank you. Please don't go either. Uh, Miss Norton, did the murder of Douglas Gordon happen just as it was described in the paper? Yes, exactly that way. Those were the exact words the pastor used, and the shot came just at that time. Hello, connect me with Reginald Gordon, please. Hello, Gordon, this is Drew Stevens. No, not yet. Look, Gordon, your story on page one of the paper tonight, did you write it after questioning any of the wedding guests? No, I know it wasn't necessary. I was just asking. No, that's all. Thank you very much.
4: I knew it. I knew it. Got me out on a wild goose chase with that note. They could sneak up here, eh,
3: Drew? Now, Bill, listen, I had to. I had to talk to these people.
4: You won't be talking to anybody for a long time, Drew. Lucky I had sense enough to telephone the commissioner, find out your message was a phony. I'm arresting you right now,
3: Drew. But Bill, look, not now. Don't arrest me now, not for an hour. If I don't have this murder cleaned up by then, I'll quit my job, I'll give myself up to you, or anything you want. Please, Bill, just one hour. I'm not giving you a minute.
4: You've made a dope out of me for the last time. You're coming with me. Look out! Hey! Hey! Sorry you made me do this, Bill, but I've got to get out of here. Put on that gun, Drew. Pulling a gun
3: on an officer of the law is a crime. You can't get away with that? Murder's a crime, too, Bill. And I can't let a murderer get away with that either. Hey. You're a good reporter, Mr. Gordon. You've had a lot of training. I've been on this paper for 20 years, but what are you driving at, Stephen? Just this. You say you weren't at the wedding of your brother and Peggy Norton. No, I told you I wasn't there. Anybody that says they saw me there is lying. Nobody said they saw you there, but your story said you were there. Said it very plainly. It stated the exact minute the shot was fired. Right after the preacher's first words... How did you know what they were? I didn't know. I imagined... You knew all right. You knew because you heard them. The only way in the world you could have known. And your reporter's instinct made you write those words just as you heard them. You were in the hall, Gordon. Fired the shot that killed your brother and then escaped before anyone saw you. Why'd you do it? We're going to have to kill you too, Stevens, right now. Don't move. This gun is aimed right at your heart. Doesn't matter how many people I kill now. I never meant to kill my brother. I meant to kill Peggy Norton... She would have ruined Douglas's life. She would have gone on playing around with Jeffers and Walter Nicholson after they were married. Your aim wasn't very good at the wedding. I think I'll take a chance on it now. You'll,
2: you'll never hold me, Stephen. Hey, I don't, I don't, Never. I'll get this gun free.
4: I guess I shot the wrong man again,
3: Stevens. Hey. Hey, what was going on here? Hold it, Bill. You killed your brother by mistake, but you killed him, didn't you, Gordon?
2: We're always together in life. I
3: guess it isn't too tough to join him. Now. Well, he's gone, Bill. You heard his confession. Well, still want me?
4: Do I still want him, he says. No, I don't want you. I'm never going to want you. I guess you'll always be around. Thank goodness. <laughs>
1: Welcome back. Well, uh, while that's date unknown, I tend to think that had to be earlier in the series run when Bill was being a bit more excessive in his trying to stop Drew from participating rather than Drew just pretty much going out acting like he was any old detective. and was a little bit melodramatic, and the clue was kind of obvious. So maybe not the best one to end with on Manhunt. And also, I should add that just because someone is shot at a wedding doesn't change it to a funeral. Not unless someone who's uh, really cheap and doesn't want to hire a preacher for a second service. Well, since we already paid you to the wedding, that was not done. Let's just go ahead and get the uh, rights over for the funeral. So it was still a wedding. All right. Well, uh, from there, we turn to an episode of Police Headquarters. And here is episode fifteen. Man Steals Food
5: Police headquarters calling car ninety one. Car
2: nine one. Go to the corner of Jared and Williams. A man picking a lock on a store. Car nine yep. one. Go to the corner of Jared and Williams.
5: A man picking a lock. Okay. No, Bird
2: and
5: Williams. That's just around the corner here. Step on it. Right. Ricker's iron, we'd uh, better slip in on him so as not to scare him away. Alright. Throw in your clutch and close up to the other side of the street. and yeah. Get some more than light. Okay. Anything of him? No. Yeah. Better yeah. use in
1: front of that delicate. chest.
3: In the
5: shadow. Too hard to see. Let's get him. Wait a minute. Let's, uh, let's get him dead to rights. Yeah. Let's open that door in a minute and then we'll string it on. We get him while he's still outside. He's able to beat the rat. Yep, you're right. You got the door open yet? Not yet. He's no professional. Probably some bungler. He's got it open now, Tim. Yep, it's open. Give him a minute or two to get inside. Someday, these Jays are going to get smart and find out they can't beat the police radio. Oh, some of them will never learn. Well, let's get him. Okay. You stick out in front and I'll walk in on him. Now, don't take any chances with that mug, Tim. He flashes a rod on you. Let him have it. Don't worry about me. I need you, i yell. One of us a back door to the place. All right, I'm going inside. Draw up, you yellow livered rat. Why, I up. them oh. way up. All right, Mike, got him dead to the right. Oh, this is awful. Keep those hands up.
2: Oh, don't shoot me, officer, please.
5: I, I'm an arm. Yeah, that's what you say. him, Mike. Nothing on him, Jim. All right, what's missing? Uh, looks like he was in the meats there. Uh, That knife yours? No, no, no.
2: it it belongs to the store. What were you doing with it? I I was cutting some of that meat and some of the cheese. Don't lie to me. That's the truth. I haven't tasted a piece of meat in months. Uh,
5: Look at the cash register, Mike. Everything's in
2: order there. Oh, officer, I'm desperate. I've got a starving family at home. I I was stealing for them. Those bundles are some tongue and roast beef and cheese. I guess I grabbed some of everything. There's so much
5: here. Yeah, yeah, I've heard all that before. But, But it's
2: the truth. Oh, my wife's sick. I've got three kids. The baby's sick with a bad fever. There's no milk.
5: I guess he's under notice.
2: Oh, we don't get up and fight. Maybe I'd have been killed and have bit of an as
5: it is. I... Yeah, what's your name? Wood. First name? Alan. Where do you live? In a natty, just around the corner. There's no money, but
2: the folks have been so kind of... <laughs> My wife, you'll never be able to stand this. Why didn't you kill me? i uh,
5: does it sound to you, Mike? Sounds like it might be on the level, Tim. Well, young fella, you're telling us a good story, and it better be true. Of course, we, uh, we can't let you go, but I'm going to I'm gonna go around to your house to investigate. No, 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 you can't do that. Why not? Why, why, still? As soon as you see your uniform, you... Oh, officer, I'm afraid. You're not lying about your wife, are you? No, no, I swear oh, to you. Right, that... then you're coming with me and show me where you live. Come on, Mike. All right. And Mike. Yeah? You gather up those uh, chunks of meat and uh, get a couple of bottles of milk out of the icebox. This guy's story about his sick wife might be on the level. Very long climb. I promise me, officer, that you won't let my wife know that I've been arrested, that it is, or kill her. No, I won't. We'll tell her that you're going away, that you got a job in a in a railroad gang. Tell her that I helped you get it. And we're going in with a smile on our faces, see? All right, smile. All right, officer. See you're a regular guy. All right, get going. Thank you, Mike? Yeah. I yeah. never spilt the milk. And Jesus people, where are oh, the kids? There's the
2: lights. Uh, there's no lights in here. But there's a candle over on the table. I'll light that. Clarence? Oh, Clarence, is that you? Yes, yes, it's me, dear. Don't worry, honey. I've
5: got some good news for you. Uh. Now we need some light. Uh, you can put those things down over there.
2: An officer, Clarence, you uh, have.
5: No, ma'am, it's all right. Your your husband told me how he needed work, and I've arranged a job for him. Helped him home with the groceries.
2: Work? Oh, Karen. I'm so happy. Uh, How are you feeling? Oh, I'm all right. Don't worry about me, dear. (coughs) He gets weak, that's all. Find a chair for the office.
5: How's the baby?
2: Not much better. He has a terrible fever.
5: Fever? That's too bad. let let me see him in a minute. Ah, cute
0: little fella it's kind of hard.
5: Mike. Yeah? Uh, Beat it up and get Doc Connors. He lives just around the corner. I did him a favor once. Now he can do one for me. Oh, but really, I... that's all right, ma'am. Don't you worry at all. Poor little chever. We can't see him get sick. How are the other kids?
2: They're all well, thank you.
5: What's the matter, ma'am?
2: Oh, I'm so happy I could cry. When you first came in, you know what I thought? I... I thought that Clarence had been arrested trying to steal something for us to eat. And now he's got a job. I, I'm i so happy.
5: Yeah. Well, uh, don't you worry none, ma'am.
2: Oh, I won't worry now, officer. I'll get well and strong and look after the children and, and cook Clarence's meals when he comes home.
5: But I, I won't be able to come home, Nancy. That is, not for a while, at least. Uh, you see, ma'am, your husband's got a job with a railroad gang. They're moving upstate for a few weeks, but...
2: Oh, I was afraid... That... Oh, you don't know how happy I am. Clarence has tried so hard to find something to do. But it seems that there are hundreds of other men trying to do the same thing. Yes,
5: and there are. Well, your your husband and I've got to run along now, ma'am, and time to make the work train. When the doctor comes, just tell him Tim said to fix the baby up and to uh, stay and cook up a few things. And don't worry, none, ma'am. Everything's going to turn out all right. That is, I hope so. <laughs> This man's wife and children were starving. He had no work, no money. He did just what you or I or anyone else would have done. Ah, yeah, but I... And understand. now uh, the other officer and I are willing to pay for the meat and the milk, and we'll have that broken lock repaired, too. Ah, yeah, but that man really tried to rob me in the quest. Oh, he didn't try to take anything but something to eat. Now, what do you say? Shall we forget it? Well, it's all right with me. And you don't need to pay for the milk. Just the milk. Good. Get the station on the phone, Mike. I'll see what the lieutenant says. All right. Give me police headquarters. I want you to know that you're doing the right thing, Mr. Schultz. Hello, Lieutenant. Just a minute. Officer McCarty wants to talk to you. Here you go, Tim. Hello, Lieutenant. Uh, this is Tim McCarty. We're on that prowler call at Third Williams. Yeah. Now, the guy's the next world war vet. Can't find work, wife and three kids starving. He uh, broke into the place and tried to steal some meat. Uh, he didn't touch the cash. Yeah, I uh, made the investigation. Uh, everything's in a pretty bad way. Wife and baby sick. Well, uh, here's what I'm calling you about. Uh, Schultz, the man who owns the store, says he won't press charges. Is it okay with you to market it uh, no arrest? What did he say? Yeah, I know, but uh, he doesn't want to press charges. Tell him we're paying for the stuff. Sure, Mike and I saw him break in. All right, listen. I thought you'd be fair about this thing, Lieutenant. I'll go to Blazes before I testify against this guy. Tell him that goes for me, too. I know it's taken judgment into our hands. Yes, I know a felony's been committed, too, but you gotta take circumstances into consideration. What's that? All right. What did he say? He says he don't care what we do as long as we turn in an arrest on the case. Boy, is that turkey! All he wants is an arrest. Yeah. Uh, give me that phone. Give me Capital
2: 6812. What are you up to now, you crazy Irishman? I'll give him an arrest.
5: Hello. Joe's pool parlor? I want to talk to Wheezy Meadows. Yeah. They're getting crazier every day. Yeah, like a fox. Hello,
2: Wheezy. This is Mike Ryan. Now listen, Wheezy. I've got a wrap up my sleeve for you and I've been holding it up. All right. I'm springing it on you unless you do something for me. Oh, well, well, I get it. I want you to <laughs> circulate a story around among some of your friends that there's a Dutchman who owns a delicatessen at Third and Williams. He's just sold his store and has three thousand bucks soldered away in his crib.
5: Make it four thousand.
2: that? Yeah. The guy's got five thousand bucks all away in his crib. It's one of those little sheet metal boxes that can be opened with a can opener. Good boy. Never mind what for. Now listen, if that story hasn't made the rounds in thirty minutes, I'm coming for you with an ambulance. Ah, uh, yeah. Do you think it'll work? Oh, sure. If you get through with that story, he'll have it 10,000 bucks. Plan right here on the counter. Be a guy here for it in 10 minutes. <coughs> I'm going to catch it a cold from sitting here on the floor in the dark. Here's the catcher. Try to the front door. Uh, let him try. It's fine. Good. You
0: need to the safe? Yeah. And go. Close your
2: teeth, chatter and No, no. And combination. Let him have it. All right, you. Stick him up. Right out! up. Oh, man. You will try to pull a rod on me, will you? Did you plug him? No. Just shot the rat's gun out of his hand. Turn on the light, Schultz. Hmm. Mask, eh? One of those smart guys. You didn't know Easy Meadows was just circulating that story for us, did you?
5: It was just a gag, buddy. Just a gag. Took that mask off him. Yeah. Smoke, it's Wheezy himself Say, you must be a dummy to fall for a gag like that Wheezy never was very smart
2: Well, here's the lieutenant's arrest
5: Give me police headquarters
2: Police headquarters Okay, Mike Hello, Lieutenant. Officers Ryan and McCarthy just made an arrest on that delicatessen job. Police headquarters.
1: Welcome back. Um, Well, this episode's interesting for a number of reasons. Uh, Other episodes of the series have kind of just portrayed the police as, uh, you know... Unstoppable people do whatever they have to do to get the job done. And this episode's meant to show their softer, more compassionate side, and it succeeds in that, albeit it basically involves them entrapping someone else so that they can get somebody... Uh, to take in for arrest. We tend to not feel as bad about it, given that the person who um, did end up getting arrested not only probably had it coming for something else, but also was just not very bright at all and really brought the whole thing on himself. Again, a somewhat odd effort in this one. All right, well, we do turn to some listener comments and feedback. We start with Jim, who we mentioned at the top of the show. He writes... I really enjoy listening to the different shows and your commentary. Keep up the great work. I remember listening to some of these programs when I visited my grandparents. They talked about a number of the characters like they were family. The good guys, of course. Uh well, that's definitely true and I, I think uh, particularly on uh, the uh, on some of the comedy programs um just because there were some people who uh, would continue in character for a decade or more. And it really was, you know, you created just a very... Um in a man atmosphere over radio and these just amazing characters. And then a comment from LK Williams who says, I listen to a great deal of old time radio and national public radio since I no longer have cable. Just decided gold, go uh, cold turkey, no more TV. There are times when I'm listening to shows on other websites and forget that I won't hear your comments before and after. It has occurred to me that listening to you is as close as I get to sharing that I love with something I love with a friend. Uh, Thank you for all you do uh when you you share your love of radio with your listeners. Well, that thanks so much um I I uh, appreciate your comment and uh it's interesting I'm on a um uh on another uh, old-time radio group and a listen and somebody on there who is under 40 they post about it, and they're wondering is this, you know, for some people is this like a a secret a hobby cuz when they um you know when they explain that they're into radio dramas you know no one um that they know under 40 even uh, gets what they're talking about or what the interest is. I do tend to think that that's more of an American concept that's more common in other uh, places in the world. Um, I've been listening recently to some of the big Finnish, uh, production, uh, Doctor Who audios and they have interviews, uh, with the, uh, cast members and many of them talk about their love of, uh, radio and how they listen. Uh, regularly to BBC Radio 4's uh, productions. So there are still others who can't relate. So I appreciate your comments and, uh, I, I hope that uh, listeners are enjoying the show and sense of community we uh, try to create here. Good to, good to hear the feedback. All right. Well, uh, we're done with Manhunt. So next week we're going to bring you. The beginning of Pursuit, uh, but Pursuit's original name in the pilot was The Hunters. We're going to listen to that pilot. And uh, police headquarters will be back at the end of the week on Saturday, so be sure and listen for that. In the meanwhile, send your comments to Box13 at GreatDetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. But from Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.
0: As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming.